from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week we're fondly remembering David Bowie as King of the Snubs. And we're going to check in with Ivanka Trump, who is going to teach us that answering emails is almost as bad as slavery. Mm. And we're going to talk about how you can finally get what you want. Privilege. Oh, I want that. (laughs) On sale now. (laughs) Guess what time it is. What time is it? Tea time. It could be that, but it's also story time. Mm. Oh. So this is ripped from the headlines of our real lives. Mm. Bong bong. (laughs) It's my Lauren order sound. (laughs) Jamidra and I recently had an interaction. I'm going to let her tell this story because she tells it better than me. Go for it. So let's just break it down because I'd like to get your feedback. And I'd like to know if I'm crazy because I've been thinking about it for over a week now. Yes. Oh, my God. So last week, Emmanuel and I decided to skedaddle out for lunch and go to this (laughs) grocery store that will remain nameless. But it's one of those nice, hip grocery stores that attract all the young millennials and the vibrant people who live and appreciate city life. Emmanuel and I skip out of this grocery store and decide to sit down at one of the lunch tables where we saw two people that we knew. So we're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Kiki, let's sit down. We sit down and we're unwrapping our sandwiches. And then suddenly we're approached by a gentleman who I won't call tech bro, but I'll just say he looked a little techish. Mm. That's a polite way of saying okay. what he looked like. So this, we'll call him a gentleman for the purpose of this conversation. Can we have a name for him? Mm, Toby? Dustin. Dustin. Glenn. Dustin. No, go for Dustin because there's a dude who used to have my phone number called Dustin and I still, six years mm. later, get calls for this guy who, let me just say, did not pay a lot of his debts. Well, you know what? I bet you this is the same guy. Same so dude. I'm going to call him Dustin. Yeah. So we are unwrapping our sandwiches when Dustin approaches the table and says, <clears throat> uh, hi, excuse me. Uh, I was wondering if you could move because I was actually hoping to have a meeting here. Say what? Uh, say, mm, <laughs> mm? Uh-huh. So he, Dustin is requesting that you leave the table mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that he can have it. So that he can have it. There was this moment in which, in my mind, I thought, is this happening? Should I move? Should I be polite? If I'm not polite, what would happen? Ooh. If I say no, will this lead to a confrontation? Should I be nice? Tons of things are running through my head. And then I ultimately thought, well, he must have a good reason for asking me such a ridiculous request, right? Like having such a ridiculous request. So I get up and I go and Emmanuel is like, what just happened? Because he didn't hear the question completely. <laughs> yes. I like I, your Emmanuel voice, by the way. What just happened? I thought I heard him correctly, but then it makes no sense. So I was like, surely that's not what he said. Surely that is So not. I thought like I didn't hear him. And then if that is what he said, I was just so taken aback and startled that I and that is the couldn't point. say anything back. You were so taken aback. I also was so taken aback that it like fluttered my thinking process and I got up. And so our friends who were sitting across from the table were also in shock, particularly because there were plenty of empty seats all around mm-hmm. us, right? So we vacate, we sit at another bench, we're sitting down, we're eating, and then it starts to wash over us what has actually occurred, particularly because Dustin has not sat down at the bench. Dustin, Dustin. where are you? You said you wanted mm. these seats. Where are you? Dustin is still standing next to the bench waiting for his client. Yeah, so what he was saying was, can you move? I want to sit here. 
eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. And you know that elevator scene in The Shining where all the blood comes out Uh, gushing? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. That was like the rage coursing through my veins Mm -hmm. at that moment. I was like, there's no justice in this world. no justice. Trump's America has done one too many things. (laughs) And we should have stood up. And we back down. We back down. But guys, that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on you for this. That's what happens when this crazy stuff assaults when you're put you. In that position. So we sit there, we watch him for another like ten minutes stand there and not sit down. And then all these things start to flood. At first I was very much like, you know what? I am happy that I didn't put myself in a situation where I could have had a confrontation because it's not worth it. And then it progressed to <laughs> Quickly progressed. Then it quickly progressed to, he's not sitting down. I should have just had the confrontation because I am highly upset right now. And at least if I was highly upset after a confrontation, I would have had the satisfaction of telling him how I felt about it. Yes. At first, you were quoting true legend Michelle Obama Mm -hmm. and saying, you know what? We took the high road. You went high. And guess what? (laughs) We got altitude sickness. Our noses were bleeding. Because it's not worth it. No. Sometimes you have to go yes. low and be in the gutter with these people he and be like, no, down I'm already sitting here. Oh, but it gets sit over there. better. It all gets better because we sit there for another 10 minutes and watch him stand next to the bench, not on the bench, not sit down. But then his client arrived. I was like, okay, now they're going to sit down. Oh, no, him and his client walk into the grocery store and leave the bench vacant for another 20 minutes or so, right? Yeah. He did not take a jacket. Nope. Did not take a bag and, and like reserve his spot. No gold plated place cards. No gold plated place cards, no reservation signs, none of that. But and you know, then all these things start to go through my head like, you know what, if I was a man, would he have asked me? And so then I said, Well, you know what? I hope that two men, three men, four men, a whole gaggle of men. <laughs> I think the collective noun is actually uh <laughs> What's the nastiest word I can think of right now? Well, I think a collection of bros is brethren. Oh, a whole mm. brethren yes. of men come and sit down at the bench because I want to see how he will handle that situation. Yes. If he will ask them to leave. And lo and behold, two men sat at the bench. And I thought, yes. Here it goes. The clouds have parted. Popcorn is popped. The sun is shining. Let me grab my bag of popcorn and see how this will play out. At that moment, Dustin and his client came out to walk toward the bench. At that moment, the two men stood up and left the bench. And Dustin and his client got to... Who, who is his client? Well, Fred? I think his name is Chad. Chad. Chadwick. Chadwick. So Dustin and Chadwick have a seat at the bench, and they get to sit exactly where they planned to sit 20, 30 minutes ago when they asked us to leave. They won. That is the brilliant power of white male privilege. Mm. Should things just work out? They just work out. No matter what. what? If you have to ask someone to leave 25 minutes before a situation, that's what you got to do. It's your birthright. It's your birthright. And so I have been, it's been over a week now, and I am still really upset at myself for being accommodating in that Mm -hmm. situation. And it's just like you're putting one of those situations where it's like, well, you know what? He asked me this. So I have a few options. I can say no. Then where would that lead? Uh, will this turn into a confrontation? Uh, how will I be perceived if it does turn mm-hmm. into a confrontation? If Jamidra and Chad and Jamidra and Dustin are arguing and Getting security comes out, you know, how will that be perceived? The queen will coordinate to you ABW. I'm just saying. Angry black woman. Exactly. Historically, those encounters haven't gone well. Uh, they have not gone well. 
Then I was like, well, why did I let that rule how I thought about the whole situation? And I just started thinking about all these situations and all these times in which I thought I wish that I could go back and be like, you know what? Actually, no. I'm going to handle that differently. Yeah. Mm. But that's the thing that really sucks, that you have to do those mental gymnastics, that second and third guessing of yourself to be like, this is how I wish to respond. But if I do, I will be perceived as X. And then when we left, I told Dustin, have a great lunch. Real nice. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you he will not have even known he what you meant by not, that. He didn't pick up on that. It was just, you know, I did get a nice eyeful. I won't say nice, but I did get an eyeful of butt crack on the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, lovely. Because there was, you know, him and Dustin and Chadwick decided to just let it all hang out. Oh, God. Yeah. The Sorry. criminal activity just piles up and up <laughs> just with up, these people. Up and up. But like, so have you guys ever been in a situation where you wish that you could go back in time and be like, you know what, that's not. No, we're not going to, this will not stand. Well, there's a term for this, l'esprit d'escalier, maybe. Mm. It means the spirit of the staircase. By the time you get into the staircase, that's when you think of the thing you should have said. like, oh, I'm climbing the stairs to bed. Here is the perfect retort, Mm. rejoinder, if you will. Mm -mm -mm. For me, the thing that comes to mind, I was at a grocery store again. Oh, it's always the grocery store encounters. It's the uh, Hellmouth. Yeah. All, all like luxury grocery stores are <laughs> little tentacles just coming out behind the cheese. Yeah. And I was at a bike rack, lock up my bike, mm-hmm. and then I'm standing next to my bike. And a man walks by and I don't see him. And there's a whole sidewalk, like a big sidewalk, and we're near a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like a shove. Oh. What? I'm like, what? As if I was in his way. And then I turn around and hear a gay slur. Mm. Oh. One that starts with F. Oh. And the first thing I see is a baby. Because a baby is strapped to his chest. What? Classy dude. I was just like, again, taken aback and startled. Your words aren't there. I like to think of myself as a quick thinking person. Yeah, I think of you very much that way. But in that moment, I had nothing. So he's walking off. I'm shocked. I look around. There's a cop car. I'm like, do I get them involved? No, I, I don't trust the cops. Okay, uh, do I? What, what do I do? And so then I yell something. <laughs> oh. And I wish it was better, but what came out was, say it louder next time. I get where you were going with it. Oh, God, it's better than nothing. I will say that. I think what I was getting at is... Say it so the world can hear you. Yeah. The world needs to know what a disgusting person you yeah. are. Expose so yourself. Your voice. Yes, I get what to you're the saying. whole luxury grocery store exactly. clientele. And because your baby. As of now, it's just between you, that man, and his baby. Mm-hmm. The baby heard it. Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad to think about the fact that there's a child being raised by a I person know, like in that, that household. Because guess what words they're going to grow yeah. up using? Right. Or they'll be gay and ruin his life. Ooh. That'll be great. Check in with us, baby. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Tweet us or use whatever the communication of the future is. And I wasn't even in his way. Again, it is a Chadwick or a Dustin Mm -hmm. being like, this is space that I want you not to be in. I don't want you to exist. Get out of my way. Even if I don't need this space for anything. Carly, has this kind of l'esprit d'escalier situation happened to you? Compared to these two interactions, this is very innocuous. That's probably no coincidence, right? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Floating through the world on white privilege, right? So co-worker and I in a bar, we sit down. It's very crowded, so we have to share a table with another couple. We say, do you mind if if we sit here? Mm. And they say, oh, of course. Older couple. 
and the older couple start telling us about the history of the bar. It's a historic old bar. The history of the bar is written on posters all around this place. So, you know, we could get this information for ourselves if we really wanted, but they clearly wish to tell us about mm. this. This is clearly their local haunt, mm -hmm. and they want to tell us how much they know. So they talk at us for about maybe five minutes, and we kind of go, mm-mm, interesting, mm, mm we listen. And at some point, conversation comes to a natural end oh, and we no. want to talk to each other we haven't caught up in a while really nice to be out so we start chatting and as my friend and I turn away from this couple I see the woman's face turn to stone that we have dared to turn away from presumably their ongoing conversation they still wish to keep playing mine host and still talking to us but we want to talk to each other uh, exactly. So, 10 minutes of conversation between my friend and I. We're not loud. We're not obnoxious. We're not discussing inappropriate topics. Suddenly, the woman of the couple leans over the table and says, um, can you guys move? Whoa. Oh. And our faces are just like a picture because we have no idea how to react to this. And so my friend says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, were we, were, we, were we being loud? And the woman just goes, yeah, you need to move. <laughs> um, so what did we do? We moved. <sighs> there is a trend with the three of us. Why? People put you in these positions and you're sort of like flummoxed. You don't know what to do. So, yeah. You know what? They ask for what they want. This is the crazy thing. There are some people in life who, through some phenomenal sense of entitlement, for whatever reason, I have a good guess at the reasons, mm. they just... They see no issue with asking for what they want because nine times out of ten, they get it. So I'm going to try that. So the next time we go back to this grocery store in question, I'm just going to walk up to somebody at the register and I'll be like, you know what? I actually think that that's my $20 and I had dropped it in yeah. your wallet. Yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. But like, you can go ahead and buy my lunch today and then we'll just we'll forget all about it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. At a traffic light, I'm just going to roll up on my bike, mm -hmm. knock on someone's driver window and be like, oh, roll down. <laughs> hey, <laughs> um... I want to upgrade. Get out. This is mine now. <laughs> I believe that's called carjacking. Is it? Not is when it? white men do it. <laughs> it's just an upgrade. So going forward, let's not let ourselves be played. Not at all. Yeah. No longer. Chadwick. Chadwick, you're on notice. We're not falling for it next time. I hope you liked the bench. Mm. We wouldn't know because we didn't get to sit there. Nope. <laughs> Ask for what you want. Clearly it works. Exactly. I want what he's having, which is privilege. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. So, guys, I do want to circle back and pick myself up on something that I said in last week's podcast. When we were talking about Aretha Franklin being the queen of shade, oh. I made some comments talking about how I would love to do a shade respective for the one, the only, the much-missed, dearly departed David Bowie. Oh. Since I said he had some good shade in him himself. Mm. Yes. Having done some research, I would like to clarify a few points on that. Mm -hmm. Because... Not so shady after all. <laughs> so... Guys, he wasn't the king of shade. He was the king of passive-aggressively turning people down. Nice. Ooh, okay. Which is a different beast. It's a different kettle of fish, mm, if you are. It is. So I wanted to take a couple of minutes to run through some of David Bowie's best snubs. A snubstrospective? The snubstrospective. <laughs> Say that three snubstrus times. Fast. It rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Say it three times in the mirror and David Bowie doesn't come out. Ooh. 
He snubs you. He snubs you. Exactly. <laughs> it works. Okay, so this isn't to say that he couldn't deal out some mild shade. I recalled in last week's podcast about how he referred to his mid-80s kind of nadir mm. in his musical career as my Phil Collins years, which apparently still Ooh. upsets Phil Collins. That still upsets me. Really funny. So mean. Oh. But he was so good at saying no to things. Okay, David Bowie said no to Coldplay. Wouldn't you? Is, well, obviously, Ooh, what? it depends on what Coldplay we talking about. Are we talking about Orange Moon or Yellow Moon or whatever it was. Oof. Are we talking about like which Coldplay are we talking about? We're talking about all are we talking Coldplay. about Weekend Him Coldplay? Oh, pre or post Gwyneth? It's all dreadful. Is yes. what I'm saying. But they apparently, in the spirit of extreme optimism, once contacted David Bowie in the hope of collaborating. Which really is like follow your dreams, right? Just ask Uh the universe for what you want. And uh, of course he said no. And uh, the band's drummer, Will Champion, uh, told NME magazine recently they'd invited Bowie to record vocals on one of their songs. David Bowie replied, it's not a very good song, is it? I think the is it, the question kind of lightens it, right? Because it's like, if you say, you know what, it's not a very good song, and you walk off, it's like, damn. But if you say it's not a very good song, is it? You have to be like, you know what, you're right. Yeah, You're right. Is it translates to, you and I both know you're trash. (laughs) And we can agree on that together. Honestly, I've been laughing all day about the, the audio of David Bowie which I always imagine him as Jareth the Goblin King from Labyrinth, basically, <laughs> getting on the phone to these people and saying, it's not a very good song, is it? <laughs> Drink every time Carly uses her David Bowie voice. <laughs> if you're at home and you're not driving a car or whatever, play a drinking game with it's us. It's my favorite thing to do. Just take a shot. And I just and I'm gonna take Coldplay down a peg. I don't know how many more pegs we can take them after that. Take Super them all Bowl the way down. Overshadowing. They're subterranean the at this point, but go yeah, ahead. I, I, I'm gonna have to take them down a peg for even suggesting and putting a song that is subpar in front of David Bowie. Bold move. You come with your best. Put your good shoes on, <laughs> and then come with your best foot. But this, the really funny thing is that Chris Martin, the lead singer ex-husband of Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm -hmm. obviously. He remembers it slightly differently, apparently. He once told the BBC that he pitched the song to David Bowie and that David Bowie called him and said, it's not one of your best, which implies that David Bowie has this working familiarity with Coldplay's music. It still translates to the same thing. The song's trash. (laughs) That's the way he wanted to hear it, though. But I love that the recollection's different, which is proof that Chris Martin is a liar as well as a barnacle on the hull of music. This took a turn. And a barnacle on the hull of Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yep. Yep. He's always like, I'm their friend. Remember me? Yeah, he definitely attached himself to that relationship. Float away, little barnacle. Nobody wants you. (laughs) Nobody wants you. Poor baby. I'm sorry, that was really mean. Coldplay were not the only ones to feel David Bowie's sharp, snubbing tongue. Mm. Next in his sights, the Queen of England. Regular listeners of The Cooler will be very familiar with my antipathy towards the British monarchy. Yeah, she's yep. like your aunt, right? She's, yep. she's this family, pretty much, at this Everything point, no? they touch turns to crap. <laughs> <laughs> so a very quick primer on those knighthoods, you know, those honours given to major British cultural ah. figures. Technically, these are appointments to the Order of the British Empire, which will tell you all you need to know about why David Bowie would not have oh. wanted one of these. So Buckingham Palace call him and they offer him a CBE. So that is making David Bowie, a commander of the most excellent order of the British Empire, you plebs. Mm. <laughs> and he turned it down with the words, I seriously don't know what it's for. <laughs> Which is just David Bowie being famously obtuse. It's for oppressing other countries, duh. 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 
So he didn't want that one. And in 2003, they tried again. They tried to offer him a knighthood for having made a major contribution to British life. And again, David Bowie said no. With the words, I would never have any intention of accepting anything like that. It's not what I spent my life working for. Mm. Wow. His only mistake here, guys, was framing this denial in terms of work which is a concept with which the Queen and her family are, of course, entirely unfamiliar. <laughs> go in, Carly, go in. Okay, from the sublime to the ridiculous, from the Queen to Dave Grohl. David Bowie refused the offer to work with Dave Grohl, making him, in the words of Michael Hahn writing in The Guardian, one of the few musicians ever to have not collaborated with Dave Grohl. Wow. Which makes me laugh. So David Grohl approaches David Bowie two years ago and asks him to sing on a piece of music that Dave Grohl has written for a film. Hmm. David Bowie's response was, I watched the movie and I've got to be honest, it's not my thing. I'm not made for these times. So <laughs> thanks, but I'm going to sit this one out. I like that he's like, this whole era <laughs> just is not- trash. I'm yeah. just better than all of you guys. Stop so, asking me for things. I, think I don't I, want to hang out. Also, I'm going to have to add David Bowie to like my mentor group. It's Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn has always been my imaginary mentor. He makes now it work. I also need to have Dave. I need to channel him when I say no to things. The clearly, art of the passive aggressive no. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So make it work and say no to work. Yes, all. <laughs> All together. It does get better, guys, if you can imagine such a thing. Dave Grohl replies saying like, oh, you know, thanks. Thanks very much or whatever. And David Bowie gets back to him saying, all right, well, that's settled then. Now, f*** off. (gasps) Yes. Damn. Yes. David Bowie does what we all would like to do. You can't even be mad at that. You're just like, oh, you know, you know what? I I am honored that David Bowie just told me to f*** off. Yes. It's just like we were saying with Aretha Franklin. When you get dragged by Aretha, mm-hmm. there's a little part of you that's like, hmm, I made When it. you Printed get dragged out. by Aretha, you preserve the dust. <laughs> you put it behind a case. <laughs> you remember it forever. I yes. would print that email out and frame it. Yeah, that facts. It, it gets a me. bit sad, though, because uh, Grohl messages back. Dave Grohl's like, okay, then um, I'll see you in 16 years at your next big birthday concert. I think they just met at like a, a big birthday concert that David Bowie had had. And apparently David Bowie got back saying, don't hold your breath. No more <laughs> no more birthdays. I've run out of them. What? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I think he knew the end was nigh. Was that recent? It was like a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. no. Which is kind of really sad. I wish he'd left it then. All right, well, that's settled then. Now, f*** off. <laughs> yeah. So then here's the question. How long has he known? Was he just like, you know what? I'm on my way out, so let me just give I it to he everybody knew for a little while. straight. Yeah. Well, didn't he tell us? Like, I'm over this era. I'm just, I'm, yeah. it's not, I'm for, not me. for this. I'm not made for these times. Yeah, and this era is not very good. Yeah. Is it? But he could also turn people down really nicely. And I do want to end with a kind of sweet story about, you guys know Flight of the Concords? Yeah. The wonderful Kiwi comedy musical duo. They wrote a song called Bowie's in Space. And they uh, wanted David Bowie to actually star in the TV episode where they sing Bowie's in Space. And he very politely turned them down. The director recalls that he uh, got back to them saying that he'd just done, um, you know, Ricky Gervais had a show called Extras. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so he'd just done a cameo appearance on that. And he didn't want to do another thing acting as a version of himself, which is a nice way to Mm -hmm. say no to some lovely Kiwis. But then apparently Flight of the Concords dudes find out that David Bowie has this song on his iPod. He has their song, Bowie's in Space. And he also has an iPod. (laughs) Both of those things are very surprising. There you go. So in short, as we've learned from David Bowie's majestic history of saying no to things in variously pleasant and unpleasant ways, guys, be nice until it's time 
to not be nice, which mm. is something that Patrick Swayze taught us in Roadhouse. Yes. R.I.P. Swayze, Bowie. They're up there. And all the other shady people mm-hmm. who've come before us. Patrick yes. Swayze wasn't shady. He was lovely. Shut up. I don't know. Next week, Shade Respected. Next Patrick week. Swayze. <laughs> That's actually not happening. No. Don't look forward to that. My name is no. My sign is no. My number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. It's the peak in the pit. Hey, the peak in the pit. Hey. It's time for our peak in the pit. Oh, here we go. This week's pit. There was a lot of people in the running, Mm. but I narrowed it down. Crowded field. Well done, everyone, for showing up. Yes. Miley was doing some good work. Mm. Oh, she did. In a nutshell, she said that she's over hip hop. Mm. Oh. Now that she's gotten what she wanted out of it. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. cool. She's just decided. Well, now Katy Perry is stepping into that um, realm. So I think they kind of switched off. They decided that they would sort of like tag team. This is, think of it as a race. Right? Mm. They sprinted. She's now passed the baton. I, I think of this very much. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> I think of this very much in terms of race, yes. <laughs> Cultural Appropriation Olympics. <laughs> so half of a pit to her. We could get into it more, <sighs> but. Guys, I want to support young women and their choices, but this is just, she makes it so hard. The real pit of the week is. Oh, that was just the appetizer? <laughs> <laughs> it was the amuse bouche. Yes. Yeah. Ivanka Trump. Has oh, a book. Are we? Oh. Oof, oof, oof. I read it. No. No, I didn't. No, I, I didn't. But I did some research about it. It's called Women Who Work. Hey. Something I don't think she knows that much about. <laughs> but anyway, it's kind of like a handbook of like, be like me, have a multimillionaire dad. Mm-hmm. And the rest will work out for you. That's the first step. So got to get the multimillionaire dad, which Obviously. is so easy. I mean, you literally sell them in stores. I'm not going to work for my own money. <sighs> so in this book, she has a quote before each chapter. Oh, dear God, this is going to be juicy. So when looking for quotes, who does she pull from? Oh, no. Please don't. She pulls from Toni Morrison. No, she didn't. Mm. No, she didn't. Her book, Beloved. Who authorized? Tony doesn't know about this, I don't think. Who authorized? Oof, there's a lawsuit coming. So apparently she doesn't really read the text. Maybe she found it on quote.com or Mm, something. And she's like, well, this applies to me too. Personal favorite, goodquotes.com. She googled. The quote that she took has to do with the brutal psychological scars of slavery. And so she quotes, freeing yourself was one thing. Claiming ownership of that freed self was another. Honey. And then she tags it, hashtag uh, IT wise words. IT stands for Ivanka Trump. Mm-hmm. Not like it me, it wise words. <laughs> yes. And then the chapter begins. It's about working smarter. Quote, are you a slave to your time or the master of it? Despite your best intentions, it's easy to be reactive and get caught up in returning calls, attending meetings, answering emails. Slavery and answering emails, the same thing. Say, I mean, Guys, come l- literally on. the apps. I mean, it's clearly the same thing. She knows exactly what it's like to be a slave. Yes. Free yourself from the chains of your calendar. Am I right? Uh, am I right, guys? <laughs> guys, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Underground Railroad right under uh, all of that. Lean Jeez. into it. Just lean right into all it. All of it. Oh, God. There's more. No, God. Do you want to talk about a shade perspective? Now I could do one on Toni Morrison, so I know oh, okay. Toni has some words. I'm, I'm waiting. Go ahead. She's crafting her reply. Yes. 
in a section titled Staking Your Claim. She kind of twists the narrative of how America was, what's the word? I think invaded is what you're looking for. Invaded is the word I was looking for. Quote, simply put, staking your claim means declaring something your own, like Chadwick or what's his face? Hey, Dustin. Early in our country's history, as new territories were acquired or opened, particularly during the gold rush, a citizen could literally just put a stake in the ground and call the land theirs. The land itself and everything on it legally became that person's property. Um, I, just, uh, I love it when my car gets acquired, don't you? Or your, oh, yeah. or your wallet or your purse when you leave it for a second. Oh, yeah, This is my property. But she's spinning Thanks. that as a good thing, like a land of opportunity. I don't know why we're bloody laughing. This is not funny. Mm-mm. We are laughing to keep from crying. That's what this is. <laughs> then she takes words from Maya Angelou. No. Don't. Come on. Wait. Who, again, who authorized? I need to know Hashtag who authorized. wise words? Oh, yes. This quote comes from Maya Angelou's memoir, The Heart of a Woman. And it's a piece of advice about living in a racist world. But Ivanka used it in a different way. Ask for what you want and be prepared to get it. Hashtag IT wise oh. words. Uh, why can't she keep hashtagging other people's words as her own, though? I don't understand how that's... Uh... Nothing makes sense. No. And the cherry on top. It's definitely not the worst of what we talked about, but I just want to bring it to your attention. The people who brought Ivanka Trump up are staff. We know this. Maids, nannies, whatever. Oh, you mean the household Yeah, that's what happens when you grow up in a rich family, I imagine. So you might think that, you know, you get close to these people and you see them as... Family. Or human. Oh, let's start there. Yeah, let's start. But it seems like that that lesson was not learned. No. Quote, some of my best photos of the kids were taken by my nanny during the day. I'm sure in 10 years I'll convince myself I took them. What? Mm. <laughs> Ivanka, stop. Whatever helps you sleep at night, I guess. Thanks so much for advocating for LGBT issues, though. Mm. Means not a lot. at all. <clears throat> and the peak of the week, female dragonflies. Hey, now. How can they inform our lives? You know, sometimes someone wants to date you or someone's just bothering you in general mm-hmm. and you just can't get rid of them. Right. Female dragonflies have figured out how to solve the situation. Ooh. When a male dragonfly is chasing them and trying to copulate, mm-hmm. they death drop out of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They act dead. They just fall and act dead. And then the guys are like, oop, that's sad. Anyway, let me go find another <laughs> the next woman one. who hates me. And then when he's gone, they're like, open one eye, open the second eye, and they're like, all right, I'm going to buzz off. They get. I can't lie. I've actually wanted to employ that tactic before. I was like, maybe my tactic so far has been we're all Jurassic Park fans in this room. Right? Oh, yes. all film. You know that scene in which they talk about Tyrannosaurus Rex and T-Rex, and if you are really still, they can't see you? Its right. vision is based on movement. Yeah, so I was like, maybe if I stand really still, this guy approaching won't know that I'm here. And I can avoid this whole interaction. But the death drop is something that completely takes it to a whole new level. So next time when you're at the grocery store and someone does something weird, yeah. death drop. Death drop. Straight out of it. I was gonna say, maybe I should have tried that with our interaction. When he said, excuse me, I was actually hoping to meet a client at this table. I should have just fell on the floor. Just and like, <laughs> straight away. Straight away. Also, I like the fact that you're probably the only person to have ever used Jurassic Park as a dating manual. <laughs> Like, it's just like just, the T-Rex. Just, just like, like that's that. So before we get to the song of the week, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. Mm. This isn't part of our regular confessional segment, is it? No, it's not. Oh. You mentioned Katy Perry oh, has gosh. a new song with Migos. Ah, uh, yes. It's Bo- called Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit. It's about her vagina. Oh, gosh. Cool. Lyrics include, 
Got me spread like a buffet. Ah. Bon appetit, baby. Eat with your hands fine. I'm on the menu. So you want some more? Well, I'm open 24. Hope you got some room for the world's best cherry pie. I'd love it if that's how she sings it. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken word. Just like you did it. That's why it's not doing well on the charts. Slam. Poetry. And she has Migos on there. They have gone on record as being a bit homophobic. Mm, they have. And she just received the National Equality Award for her work in the LGBT issues. So people are mad at her. Oh, we're totally forgetting yeah. she did that song called You're So Gay at I the start know. of her career, which is very homophobic. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's bad. There's layers there with her. Mm. But anyway, the song also is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't like it. Oh, you're going to tell me that you do. But I do. And I'm not proud of that. But you know what? I'm not alone. A Twitter user by the name of Russell Falcon is also dealing with liking this particular song. And he shared a Kris Jenner soundbite that speaks to... This is just all kind of wrong. (laughs) There are too many names. There are too many problematic names associated with this whole... Yes. So he shares a Kris Jenner soundbite that speaks to our collective pain. So take it away, Kris. I think going through something like this is difficult because the whole thing is something I've never dealt with before. And I realize that I still have a long way to go before I can process all of this and understand it. So I'm suffering and I'm giving up song of the week duties to Jamidra because I'm going through a trash phase and I can't be trusted. I can't be trusted to pick a song. I was going to say, how dare you? If you were going to play that song, I would have left the studio. And I'm glad I didn't. Mm. I knew that. Stormed out. So this week's song of the week is by a gentleman named Russ. Who is Russ, you may ask? Russell Falcon? (laughs) No. I'm going to make Russell Falcon happen. (laughs) No. I had no idea who this guy was, and I still have no idea who he is. I just know that he slightly resembles Colin Kaepernick. But I picked the song because we talk a lot about trash men on this show. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about the patriarchy. But this song is to highlight the guys who are doing it right. Great. So the song by Russ is called Losing Control, and it's about a woman who is in a relationship with a guy. And she's gone through some things in her past, and she has difficulty trusting. But he is like, I got you, boo. He's one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys. Hey, now. And so I guess you got to shine a light on that because my husband is one of the good guys. And the song reminds me of us because I am uh, a bit of a cactus. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But he always comes through with the water. So, hey. Falling in love now. Losing control now. Fighting the truth. Trying to hide, but I think it's all Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jimitra Says. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. Bye. Bye.